When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. That, of course, is the great Frank Sinatra, and believe it or not, it's looking like the chairman of the board may have something of a future in this business. Frank Sinatra has made a return to the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time in 56 years. That's right. This week, we saw Frank Sinatra return to the Billboard Top 100, in fact, in the Top 20 with this rendition of Jingle Bells. Now, Frank Sinatra's been around forever. His music is timeless. Everybody knows that. Why, oh why, would he be back in fashion all of the sudden? Well, the experts are pointing to the Ramsey Mazda Sunday with Sinatra program that is sweeping the nation. Its host uh, happens to be not only one of the great Sinatra experts of all time, not only someone who belts out Sinatra tunes better than anybody, he happens to be a comedian, an actor, an award-winning radio talk show host, a political activist, and somebody who is a multiple award-winning father of the year, and especially on Christmas time, somebody that's uh, had to deal with some profound loss recently, which is a real inspiration to all of us. Very pleased to welcome back someone I had the privilege of working with and learning from for six years, and I'm proud to call a colleague on the radio, legendary entertainer, comedian, actor, talk show host, Joe Piscopo. Joe, my friend, Merry Christmas. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. That's great. What an introduction. That's it. Can't can't top that now, Frank. Hey, Merry Christmas, Frank. I was just talking uh, last night on on the Sundays with Sinatra show, the Ramsey Mazda show, and we're talking about that. Frank Sinatra, number 20 with Jingle Bells. He recorded that in 1948 with the Ken Lane singers. I, I was just talking about it on the on the WABC. Is that the wildest thing, Frank? I think 25 years after his death, 
He's hot as a pistol, Mr. Sinatra is. And you're absolutely right. It's only because of the Ramsey Mazda Sundays with Sinatra show. <laughs> Thank you for noticing that, Frank. Well, no, but in all seriousness, Joe, there's there's been a lot of great singers over the years. People like uh, Russ Colombo, people like uh, even Vic Damone to some extent, who are great talents, great in their times, but they don't seem to have the staying power of Frank yeah. Sinatra. I listen to the radio all the time. I never hear someone play a Russ Colombo yeah. record. What is it about Sinatra's uh, music that makes it so durable? His caress of the lyrics, his understanding of the story of the song. It's a three-minute movie. It's a three-minute documentary. It's a three-minute, uh, uh, whether it's a, a painful love song, whether it's a celebratory song like Jingle Bells, he got into the moment and to those three minutes in the song better than anybody. I'm convinced of it. And, you know, and I've always uh, appreciated the opportunity to be able to do the Sundays with Sinatra show because I've gotten, I go into the rabbit hole. I, I find out who the arranger is, who wrote the song, where was Mr. S? What was his vocal register at that point in his career? It doesn't matter whether it was, you know, 1995 or whether it was 1939. He caressed every lyric like he owned it, Frank, and understood it. And it was, this was, in my opinion, a gift from God. It was like God said, I'm going to give you a singer that no one's going to ever going to be able to be compared to. And Luciano Pavarotti was brilliant. You're right. Russ Colombo, all these guys were great. Uh, Elvis, you know, more personality probably than talent on stage, who we loved, Elvis Presley. But there was only one Frank Sinatra, only because he understood the composer. He understood. Why would he go out, Frank, and go to arrangers like Gordon Jenkins, go to arrangers like Nelson Riddle? And, well, I need Billy May. I really got to punch this up. Go to a young Quincy Jones in, in Europe and, and find Quincy Jones, who was a trumpet player at the time, and say to Quincy, I want you to arrange and put a band together. How would he know that? He just had an instinct for it because he took that song. Like I said, it was three minutes, but he treated it like he was doing a 90 minute movie, you know, and then I think that really is a testament to his success. Yeah, I mean, what an astute analysis. And if people don't make a habit of listening to Sundays with Sinatra, this is exactly what you'll hear on a weekly basis. You know, Joe, when you, I know you studied radio in college and you've been a lifelong yeah. radio fan as I have, but most people got to know you from your work on Saturday Night Live, from your work in the movies, and from your work as a live performer. A lot of people would then ask you, because I was working with you back then, how, what's yeah. it like to make that transition to the world of radio, not knowing you'd already done the world of radio, uh, even before yeah. you were doing SNL and commercials. What you do on a regular basis in the mornings, news talk uh, with a little bit of entertainment, it's very different than the kind of show you're doing Sunday nights that's mostly music focused, yeah. that's mostly lifestyle yeah. focused. Tell me how that transition has been for you. You do have to kind of get yourself in a different mindset, don't you? Yeah, you do. And I learned so much from you, Frankie Five Burrows. I really do because when I when they, they put me together, and a shout out to Jerry Crowley uh, down at Salem Media in New York, uh, and he said, all right, I want you in with Frank Morano. The first time when he heard me on the air, I was with you. And we just went back and forth, and it was great. And I felt it and, and the immediacy of it. But it, the what you don't get on radio is the, the feedback. And I'm more of a live entertainer mm -hmm. than anything else. So you're on stage. The laughs are there. You're on stage. 
the, you, you, you feel the audience right there. And that, that is the one thing. And when you and I have chatted about this before, sometimes we've had really genius comedians come on this show, you know, oh, yeah. and they're not funny, man. And you and I go, we go after they go up there, remember that? that we go, why didn't that guy do his material? Because they, they didn't understand radio. It, you have to understand, you can, you have to understand when you're doing radio, and this is the glory of radio and why I so, I love it so. You are, and you know this, Frank, you're, you're the best student I've seen of this medium. You are in, you, just to say you're in the car, you're in the home, that's putting it lightly. You are in the lives of the folks kind enough to listen right. to us, that you're right in their lives. You are a family member. They are your family member. And even when I do, uh, like, for example, last night I did the Frank Sinatra show, I, it was Christmas Eve. And, you know, that's a precious time, uh, you know, certainly for, uh, you know, a very dedicated Catholic like I am. But but it, I wanted to. I wanted to bring the audience in because, like you said, I lost my mom, and thank you for acknowledging that. Rest her soul. So I lost mom. Now, I, not only do I want to celebrate with the family, so I gave the edict to my family politely. They said, "Well, we, I was going to go down to my sister's. Where do you go? Because we're not going to mom's because mom's not there." Mm. I wanted to celebrate with the radio family with my real family. That's how valuable it is, and that's one thing you don't get from film, from television, from stage. The intimate, the intimacy of your connection with—I never had that before. So that's like last night. I said I'm doing the show from home, and I'm going to broadcast from home, and I'm going to do it with my family. Yes, we're going to the seven fishes, but I want to bring in the beautiful family that we formed on the radio. You can't do that in any other medium. It's it's a it's extraordinary, and it, that's why I think we I think at AM 970 downtown. WABC 770, starting with Jerry Crowley, over to John and Margot. They brought back a medium that that people thought was dead. We're reinventing it. And I think it's just because of that personal connection with the audience that we have. You know, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I know you've been through the emotional ringer, not just for the last week or two, but really for the last year as you've been yeah. uh, dealing with your with your mom. And I was very lucky yeah. to get to meet her a few times and really an inspiring person who was as sharp at 98 as I imagine yeah. most people are at 48. <laughs> but yeah. I got I got a message uh, from a listener uh, named Elaine who writes that um, she th th Christmas is hard for me this year because I lost my only sister in June. I'm still heartbroken. There's a lot of people yeah, yeah. listening to us right now, Joe, who are yep, dealing yep. with with loss, an immediate family yep. member, a close friend, a spouse, that this is their first Christmas that they're experiencing without them. How do you yeah. deal with this? How do you manage to stay strong and stay positive for your kids while not getting bogged down in your own grief? Yeah, great question, Frank. It's it's a celebration of the life that you lost. You have to celebrate it, embrace it, and and learn every single nuance that that person that you lost taught you, that you learned from, that you felt every feeling, every emotion. Embrace it, celebrate it. Because I tell you, it was this. And of course, I always say I could talk to you more frankly than I would you know, talk to somebody else because we've known each other sure. so long. But mom, mom's on her, um, for lack of a better phrase, her deathbed there. And I went and saw her, it was last Monday. And, um, 
she passed away on Wednesday and I, and I, you know, I wanted to make sure I saw her Friday. And then the dramatic decline from Friday to Monday was, was that yeah. was devastating to me, but she's, she's what she wanted to stay with uh, alive. She, that she didn't want to die. She would say, I don't want to. And man, she was grasping on, man. It was so, and I looked at her Frank right there. I said to myself, and you know how hard we work. You and I are both like obsessed and we like working and we enjoy it. And it's, it's a, it's, it's a privilege to us. So I said to myself, and I found myself saying to myself out loud as my mother was, you know, just, just taking her last breaths on earth. And I said, I am going to work harder than I've ever worked in my life. I'm going to embrace everything in life so much greater now because of all this woman has given me all this, every fiber of, of my woman, uh, of this woman that is my mother. Man, I tell you, I, it made me, inspired me to even, I was inspired and fired up. Isn't that the wildest thing? That's I great. mean, it, it just, it, I walked out of there going, man, I am not letting up now. So now it's Christmas time. And I got, and then we were at the funeral, uh, you know, and thank you for going to the wake, Frank. I mean, that was so great oh, to no, see I you there, man. Wouldn't miss it, of course. Nah. Oh, no, it was, it was great. I appreciate you guys going there. But then I saw my my kids up at the altar with a shout out to Father Anthony Rondazzo from Westfield. He went to North Caldwell. He did the mass. And he was great. He was oh, he was so wonderful. All my children are there, and I'm watching them. And like Father Anthony said, it was nice to see everybody. We all took communion. Well, that's my mother's legacy. That's she wonderful. started it, and it came through me to her. So celebrate it. Live it. And that's what... It's sad as sad could be, and, and you know what's sad is when you don't get the phone call. When you say, "Oh, I'll make a phone call," and you can't, and you, oops, no one, they're not around anymore. Wait till mom hears this. I keep saying, even on the radio, Frank, she listened to, she loved Sundays with Sinatra, loved it every day. It was, I go six to eight. I go, it's it's eight, you know, eight o'clock and thirty seconds past. Mom, I see mom pop up on the phone. Joseph, oh, what a great show! I love that. What was that one song you played? You know, like that. You know. That you miss, but you got to embrace it and and uh, just celebrate it. And that that's that's the the road we're going down, you, Frank, you know, and following the, n- the path that they blazed. You knowing know? you and what a doting father you are, I'm sure you're still getting some presents ready to put under the tree in just the next <laughs> few minutes. So I'm going to let you go in a few minutes, but you got to right. tell me, growing up. Uh, and I'm sorry I never got to meet your dad, but listening to your stories about him, I feel like I knew him, and I feel like I yeah. got to know him. What were the Piscopo Christmas traditions? You, your sister Carol, your brother Richie. What were the, what did you guys do as children growing up? Well, pull, well, for Richie and I would pull down the tree. That was a, that was an annual tradition. So we, you thought you would think the cat would do it? No, it was me and Richie. We we would, I don't know how my parents put up with us, Frank. Bloomfield, New Jersey, 20 Whittier Terrace in the little section of Brookdale, right by the park. Beautiful. And I, I, I just, so I think of those days and it was, and we had uh, a, a bike under the tree. It was everything that you saw from Norman Rockwell that my parents, whose their parents came from Italy. So they would come to America and they wanted to be Americans. They wanted to learn the language and the laws. And my father went on to become an attorney, as you know. So he was there and they would get, we want not a lot of gifts, but I remember a main gift. He would get a main gift. So I would get the Schwinn bike, you know, Carol would get the doll that she wanted. It was okay to give your daughter dolls back in the day, you know? <laughs> so, so, you know, so, so that was it. But then Richie and I would host, we grabbed the branch. Hey, how far can we, and then you would hear the crash. And, and my father would come back there. They go again. 
And my father ended up taking like a fishing line, tying it around the tree and then nailing it to the wall. So Richie and I couldn't pull down the tree. So it was, it was just craziness like that. But I'll tell you, the the joy this this if i can just one christmas story before before we continue with the beautiful day and, and the birth of jesus of course is when i i remember i went to bed early it's christmas eve and then i i woke up and i went wow like in polar express i woke up and i waited to see i'm gonna run downstairs and see santa Claus. i ran down the stairs the first thing i do i looked under the tree nothing was there and i looked to my father and he was seated in his usual chair reading the Newark Evening News with the fireplace going, nothing. It was good. So now I'm, oh, Santa didn't come here. Now I think of it now, right? When did they put this? How did they hustle so quickly and get the whole Christmas thing going? I haven't, I haven't mastered that crap. But I, I was so, that I said, God, that'll tell you great parents right there. So uh, thank you for allowing me to do that because, uh, you know, we we are both blessed with some beautiful Absolutely. parents. Absolutely, keeping these traditions alive. Joe, I know the kind of um, care that you take for physical fitness. You still work out harder than just about anybody I know. I know how careful you are with with food. You know, you won't put a morsel that's unauthorized into your into your body. Do you cheat a little bit at Christmas time? I know you said you did this feast of the seven fishes last night. What do you do on Christmas Day? Are you just uh, doing that thing where you watch? Uh, ice cream sundae melt or will you actually eat something <laughs> no i actually eat something and it this is it and, and and i uh talked about it earlier this is the uh the my mother made a lasagna and before she died and she froze it frank she had, fro- oh, she had frozen the lasagna so my nephew brett who is a world-class chef as you know i mean he's an attorney but he's a world-class chef he uh we we he, he he has gotten that that lasagna, that and we are going to have mom's lasagna, and I will I will be eat every single bite of mom's lasagna that's, one last that's time. Outstanding. You know? That's outstanding. That's <laughs> outstanding. Hey Joe, we're gonna play um, in a second a, a yeah. sketch that you did, a Christmas sketch that you did from Saturday Night Live oh, of you oh. singing "Supply Side Christmas." Now I know your your politics are probably a little bit different now than they were back in 1982, yeah. 83. But um, yeah. tell me about this sketch if you remember it i know you probably get driven crazy with people uh, asking you to explain stuff in detail like it was yesterday that you did 40 years ago do you remember this sketch at all no was that was it as frank sinatra did no do i don't think sinatra? so i think it was wow uh, it, it wow. was you was like a a christmas caroler and kind of poking fun yeah. at reaganomics yeah yeah, yeah. No, this is if you got to say you have time, Frank. Sure, right? I can just talk show. a little because because this is it. I was a diehard Democrat back then, and when people get so mad at the Democrats now, and I'll, I'll rant as well uh, at the it, and the Democrats aren't Democrats. It's the people who are really way, way, way left. But they, how, why do they vote? Why do they vote that guy in? Well, they voted. They, you get what you vote for. I was one of those people. I was. I was like a diehard Democrat, couldn't even say the word Republican. I would say I, I, I couldn't understand it. So it was my job to satirize Ronald Reagan. That they gave me that map. They said, OK, you're the guy you're going to do the Reagan impression. Yeah, and and you're good. so now I'm going like I'm going like, well, all right. So I, this is so I thought about this, Frank, the other day is I did a video, and I think I told this before when you were, we were on the air together, is where I did a video where Dick Eversall, producer, said to me, 
all right, uh, I said, I want to do like a uh, Outer Limits. Remember the Outer Limits, Frank? The oh, show yeah. The Outer Limits, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so that the, 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 we've taken control of your television <laughs> set and, and all that, 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 that great, uh, great early 60s uh, television show. And I put it around Reagan's presidency. And I had pictures of Reagan and it and it made it look like it was way out of control. It was really well done. They gave me a twenty five thousand dollar budget back then because you had to budget those films. And, and I got it. And Dick Eversall allowed me to go into the edit bay and actually do this. And we shot it. And it was like and it gets coming close up to Reagan doing the Outer Limits theme. And as a Democrat and who would never think of it, I thought, wow, that's powerful. That's great. I showed it to Mr. Eversall. And Dick killed it. He killed it. He said, Joe, it's too political and it's not objective enough. How about that? And he said, he goes, we can't put this on the air. After spending the $25,000 in edit time. And I know. And now, what was I thinking? Because you know the story. And I think it came from Frank Sinatra. I got invited to the Reagan White House. And and when I was satirizing him, now we were never mean. This this piece that I did was more, it was really a potent piece. So after that, Reagan invites me to the White House, and I got to meet Reagan, and I shook his hand, and I was electrified by the person who was Ronald Reagan. He was a this was a very decent, caring, everything you you know about the great Ronald Reagan. That's what he was, and I had the honor to meet him. And darn if it didn't change my political wow, outlook. That, yeah, man, I just isn't that wild? So that, what you see the supply side thing. That was what I thought I had to do, and that's what's happening on television now. They think they have to do it because that's they don't look. I've had the privilege, I think, from being on radio of stepping out and taking a broader view. Not to mention Mr. S. I think setting up that meeting with Ronald Reagan and changing my viewpoint. So I, I yes, I was a little uh, politically. Uh, uh, off, off base, but way back in well, the day. As long right? as it's funny, which uh, all your stuff certainly always was. <laughs> hey, right. uh, Joe, it's always a treat to talk with you. I miss you. I miss working with you. I'm thrilled that you're ah, doing so well. Uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas, Frank. Congratulations. You're going national. People listen to, you know, uh, the other side of midnight, and you're just doing great. We're so proud of you, Frank. God bless you. Thank Love you, my to brother. you and the family. Merry Christmas, my Thank friend. Thank you. And uh, it, as we go to break, here is. Bill Murray approaching a well-to-do couple played by Joe Piscopo and Christine Ebersole for some spare change. They explain to the tune of it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas that if they spend elsewhere, it will trickle down to him. You may even hear the Salvation Army Santa Eddie Murphy join in the song. Here's Supply Side Christmas. Christmas. Uh, excuse me, uh, folks. Uh, I couldn't help noticing uh, the moolah you just dropped in uh, old uh, Santa's pot. Uh, I represent an, an independent charity, small organization, uh, tiny staff. Uh, I was wondering if, if perhaps... we could give you a handout, yeah. right? <laughs> well, of course we could, but don't you think that would be defeating President Reagan's attempts at rebuilding this economy of ours? Well, uh, <laughs> gee, I didn't really, uh, you know... Yeah, well, look, I know. could just... I'll tell you what, pal. I could just probably give you this dollar. Now, I could give you the dollar, or I could go out and spend it and do my part to bolster American business, create a demand for the supply, stimulate manufacturing, all of which trickles down into new jobs and a better way of life for folks like you. Yeah, well, what do you say? We skip the middle man, go direct to John Q. Public, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I will shake your hand and wish you a Merry Christmas, huh? Oh, gee, can you spare it? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, pardon the glove. Oh, 
Just give it time. You should be feeling that Christmas spirit sometime around March or April. It takes a while to trickle down. Well, uh, maybe you just want to hold on to your cash. I can understand it. I take all the men as your credit cards. No, 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 no. That's not it. Let me see if I can explain it to you in another way. <laughs> it's beginning to be supply-side Christmas. Everywhere you turn The president pulled a switch Played Santa Claus to the rich We're snug and warm Cause we've got cash to burn It's a charity starts at home Style Christmas Just like way back when Lots of beggars on every street Who are dreaming of things to eat Welcome back again While you're getting thinner, we're eating our dinner. There's so much, it's a sin. Imagine how that gravy tastes that's trickling down our chin. It's a squeezement to the bleed this Christmas. Stockings hung with pride. There's a special kind of cheer when two favorite times of year, Christmas and recession, coincide. I'm beginning to get the drift. This Christmas, good old Uncle Sam is shouting us that it's great. That all you got to lick the plate is just a gift wrap scam. So let me get this straight. Uh, you go out and stuff yourselves, drink yourselves full of Christmas cheer, and then if I'm patient long enough and just wait here in the gutter, eventually I'll get trickled out. That's it! Yeah, I'm sure it'll make me feel warm all over. <laughs> well, even Santa is cutting back this Christmas. Lots 